0: Hello and welcome to the Room to Talk podcast. I'm Hannah and I'd like to welcome you to this very special Time to Talk Day episode. This year's theme for Time to Talk Day is to express how you really feel when it comes to your mental health. As we all know, it can be quite easy to just say I'm fine when someone asks how we are. So to help me explore this topic today, I'm joined by Time to Change World champions, Sumeya and Yasmin, who will be talking about the benefits of expressing how you really feel when it comes to your mental health and how they got the right support as a result of talking openly about their own mental health. Hi both, how are we feeling today?
1: Hi Hannah, feeling very good, excited. Excited? (laughs) Hi Hannah, I feel really good. 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 I'm glad to hear that. So
0: before we talk about Time to Talk Day, I'd like to hear about what motivated or inspired you to join the Time to Change Wales campaign. So I'll come to you first, Maya, and then we can later hear from Yasmin.
2: Uh, so while back, I suffered from postnatal depression. Um, I wasn't aware of what it was, um, didn't know know what it is and why I was feeling that way. So it happened when I had my first child and it was just a feeling of sadness and feeling of kind of lost and just demotivated in life. and, And it's just that that feeling would not go. And during those times, I just there was I felt like there was no one around to support and there was no one around to speak to. And even, you know, someone to tell you, you know, what you're feeling, you know, it's normal, but you need kind of to get help and you need to kind of, you know, kind of try and find, like, help me find a way out. Um, So I had to kind of find the solution myself and you know, through self-help and kind of work it on myself and to also say about reprogramming my mind and just kind of teaching myself how to cope as well. And so, so that from that, I want, want to use my experiences to help others and to make other people, uh, aware, um, new mums or even mums, um, on the second third child, because it can happen to anyone at any stage of motherhood and just, to uh, make them aware that, you know, postnatal depression does happen is normal. And it's nothing to be ashamed of, um, ashamed of, because I feel like, especially in the community, like, it's not talked about um no one um, talks about it you know you're not aware what the signs or the symptoms are it's just kind of there's less and there's not much education around it and not much like knowledge so it's just for me to help raise awareness and just like educate others and help them as well to kind of find um way out of it as well and yeah just being a voice for, for others who can't raise their own voice.
0: Thanks, Samia, for sharing that and for the work that you do as a champion. It's really, really inspiring to hear. What about you, Yasmin, and what would you like to share and what inspired you to join the campaign? Yes, um,
1: about three years ago, I lost my mum. So um, I was very close to her, um, the youngest of six. And uh, towards the end of her life, she, I, I helped care for her, so she sort of became like my child, you know. So um, I lost my mum three years ago, and I don't think... Although I knew it was going to happen one day, I don't think I was prepared, I probably didn't have the tools or coping mechanisms in place to be able to deal with my loss, you know, and um, when it did happen, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Yes, um, it's actually making me emotional um, um, talking about it because it's something that I don't discuss with everybody, but I I did want to talk about it today um, because... I think there's a lot of people going through a lot of different issues. And, um, yeah. So I lost my, I, I lost my mom and it was a very difficult stage in my life. I went through a lot of ups and downs and, um, I had to find a way of coping, you know, um, to come to terms uh, with, with my loss. And, um, I just decided one day, like, I've got a 13 year old daughter. I, I, I need to survive, you know, for my daughter's sake. And um, I just threw myself into different things and, you know, just stay busy, you know, keep distracted. And uh, so I I got so busy in doing things that um, I didn't have a second to sit and think, you know. So um, I found different ways of coping. Um, Even though I've got a big family, I felt very supported by their presence, but I don't think I, I opened up and spoke to them very much because... I I used to feel triggered you know um and and the reason I've chosen to speak about it today is because I know there's probably a lot of people going through this as well
0: really sorry to hear that Yasmin and honestly you are so brave for wanting to share your experiences since losing your mum you know in order to help others who may be experiencing something similar um would you like to share how you have managed your mental health since then
1: I just did different courses. I started keeping myself busy, like I said. So I started doing courses, going out, uh, trying uh, different experiences. I I think I I, I did a therapy group as well. Um, I think talking about her, I found it healing. So I wouldn't talk about her with everybody. um, Because I think, like we said, it's been three years I think some people would be like, it's been three years, get over it. Um, I'm sorry you had to
0: experience that because that is not helpful at all when you've just lost somebody that's very close to you.
1: Yeah, so I think with everybody, um, it's different, isn't it? Yes, it may well be different
0: Yasmin, but again I'm really sorry that you had to go through that because it's already hard enough having to go through a loss and then hearing those comments can be really upsetting and triggering. So I'm glad that you have prioritised your own mental health and not listened to those comments. Um. So what about you Samaya, how did you open up and how did you cope with experiencing postnatal depression?
2: And um, I do feel like I'm in such a better place, much better um where I'm able to use what I've learned over the past years and how I was able to like use those strategies and those methods and apply it to like any situation like uh, for example, like two weeks ago, I had the horrible tragedy in my life. I thought, to be honest, at that point, I couldn't get, I wouldn't be able to go through it, but I thought, okay, look back how, where you were five years ago and how you kind of, the things you learned and how you know, everything kind of you, you learned from over those five years and just apply it, which I did. And now I'm, you know, healing again and recover um, recovering. So... I feel like five years ago, I was in such a dark place where I thought I'll, ne- I'll never be able to come out. It was just dark, like literally gloomy. And it was just, I felt like there was no way out for me. But, um, it does take time, but with the work I put in and with the healing and, learn- and just kind of being around good people, positive people. And just also, um, I had also mentors as well. Um, I felt, I feel like, um, it helped me be in such a better place. It just helped me, kind of also, kind of stop in life and not just keep on going and rushing for the next thing. Just kind of enjoy each moment. And like when I feel like I'm not coping, I'm not doing well, just pausing and just reflecting. Okay, what how what is what helped you before? What is, what can you t- take and implement now? And how you can um like what like basically looking at what is working and what's not working. Um, you know, kind of just it's always about reflection and just taking that time up for yourself, just let yourself breathe and let yourself like, you know, just allow myself to kind of, you know, like breathe and just enjoy things, enjoy the moments, be in the present. Yeah. I feel like my well-being now is just in such an amazing place compared to where I was uh before but with a lot of it and it's okay also um to kind of sometimes you just feel down and just accept that it's just acknowledge my feelings and not suppress the feelings which I was always doing uh suppressing my feelings blocking my emotions try not to deal with it you know but that would lead me into a kind of a more of a dark hole but when I just you know you let your emotions it's okay to cry you don't need to be that strong girl and you know hide your emotions you know it's so It's okay to cry. It's okay to cry in front of people, which I always thought it was embarrassing to do. But now I just cry in front of whoever. And I just, even if I don't get a good reaction from them or they make me feel, you know, why you cry it? Like, it's okay. You know, you just let your emotions out and it's natural. So, yeah, it's just kind of um, it's just accepting um, emotions and just kind of dealing with them the right way and just kind of really helps me just kind of see um, what works and implementing it again. And just just enjoying every moment and um, and not think too much about the past or the future. Just, um, yeah, enjoy each day as it goes.
0: That's really uplifting to hear, Samaya. Thanks so much for sharing that. So I really want to know what you guys think about this. New data released today on Time to Talk Day reveals a concerning trend that a staggering 68% of people in Wales are putting on a brave face to avoid talking about their mental health. And another 48% of people still believe that mental health is a taboo topic. Why do you think it's important to talk about how you really feel when it comes to your mental health? I'll come to you Yasmin and then we can hear from Smea.
1: So I, I think people don't know what is the me- uh, definition of mental health, and it's a very stigmatized topic. And I think a lot of education needs to be put up there into the communities of men- of what is mental health. I my definition of mental health, I think, is very varied. It's not that it's just um, it's not like a mental health. It, either you have a mental health condition or an illness, like schizophrenia, or it's really something serious. No it's depression and it's not always manic depression can be depression it could be uh, ongoing stress you know your mental state is not as it should be right um that's mental health (laughs) you know so um I think um, a lot of education and raising awareness needs to happen um, in educating people and uh, for them to identify that they're going through something and also having um, accessible services in place. Uh, with they can access services and know that services are available, resources are available for them to access, um, to help with the mental health. And the other thing, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling on a lot. Um, the other thing I do believe also is within our communities, the first thing they do, if they are going through stressful incidents or s- situations, experiences and the like where they don't realize they're going through mental health, um, they quickly associated with cultural issues uh, attached to religious issues, or they'll uh, seek advice from um Like, obviously, I'm Muslim. So, um, it's from an imam or, or something. And the support network around them also kind of do that. And, uh, which is nice to have uh, advice and seek kind words. And I think, but sometimes there's also you, they also need treatment or therapy. And, um, if they don't identify it, the, the lack of education and uh, awareness also of their peers and their support group, um, in not identifying and observing that they have mental health doesn't help either because they will also support them to seek and see an imam and, um, blocking the access to, mental health services and resources almost because I'll give you an example I work with vulnerable people and my passion lies um in working with vulnerable people and I have worked with this young lady she had suicidal tendencies now um I me and my colleagues we wanted to get her access to services to mental health but the people around her they contacted and said we're taking her to an imam she when we look at her face is darkness. When you look at somebody's face, you're gonna see darkness as you know, she's going through a mental health episode. You know, so that's my education, my awareness, because I work with vulnerable people and my colleagues, but the support network around her w- were taking her to an imam, blocking her access to uh, uh, mental health services and resources and then elevating her condition. Because like you just said, the statistics, um, and in certain situations, the mental health worsens. So for this person, that was happening. But in the end, we got her to see a mental health crisis team, but I'm just giving them some
2: yeah, so I feel like it's not, mental health is not uh, spoken about in our community. Um, they don't see it as important mental health as your physical health. So, you know, if someone has something wrong with them, they'll go and see the doctor, try and sort it out. But with mental health, it's just like, it's not spoken about it's like oh you should kind of ignore it you should not take care of it mental health is as important as your bo- um as your body as your physical health so if that if you're if you're not looking after your well-being or you know um not taking care of it, and then you're not going to be able to function your brain your mind is still as important as your physical health but I think like um as Yasmin touched upon it it's just the community they just kind of they just don't understand it. And if this someone's going through something, they automatically think, well, okay, we'll take you to an imam or, you know, you know, they'll imam will help you with this. But yeah, it can help to some certain extent, but not in terms of, you know if you're actually for example going through you know postpartum depression what you need to kind of kind of look into that what what what's your signs what's your symptoms? how you're gonna um what you need around you you might need the social support you might need to speak to somebody you might need just kind of a time out just to be by yourself do things that you enjoy it's just a lot more to it and people don't understand that they just Either don't talk about it due to lack of education, too scared to talk about it, or just don't have the knowledge or confidence of talking about it and just don't understand what it is or feel embarrassed and shame. And that's, I think, quite, I found that a bit common, especially what I was going through. Um, I felt as well being ashamed and embarrassed and things like that. And people should not be made to feel like that. They should make, make to, be make to feel it's OK, it's normal. Well, um, you know, it's, you know, it happens to a lot of people that are, it should be like kind of more of like social support group. So it doesn't have to be Facebook. because I know life is active, can be online and just more things to be, kind of be more implemented for kind of, you know, for people to feel comfortable and just kind of go to. And that really starts with kind of raising awareness and educating people and just um, making people feel like it's okay. Um, and, you know, it's it, they're not alone there are other people that's going through it.
0: So as a follow-up question to you then, Samaya, do you feel that there is enough mental health services in your community at the moment?
2: No, not at all. Definitely not. Um, and it's, yeah, and it's not even spoken about. Because um, when I went through um, postpartum depression, and I know people who's recently just given birth and they were able to come to me and ask for help and advice because they knew I, I, I went through it. Um, They just, they, they didn't know what they were feeling. They thought they were going crazy. They felt, they... You know they were losing their mind they're not' they're, they're not meant to be a mum or you know why they're still crying why they're feeling this way um and they didn't know who to talk to, and they didn't know where to go because I knew them and they're in my kind of social um in my, in my social network they were able to approach me and we kind of obviously we able to talk I was able to discuss it with them but there's not much um support definitely in the community and especially when they tried to talk about it they did also say they would kind of get told off if that was the right word by members of the community um you know stop crying get over it we all had like 10 kids, you know, we managed to survive. Um, you're just moaning, you're just too spoiled. Not acknowledging other people's feeling and kind of disregarding it and just comparing their experiences to that new mother uh, who's just given birth and just making them feeling they shouldn't be feeling like that. So that's where it can it can start, and then it can, you know, um that mother can suppress her feelings and then it can get worse. And so yeah, I think it's really important to have that kind of that support in the community because there's none there.
0: Thanks, Samia. So how do you feel about this, Yasmin? Do you feel the same, or have you got any other ideas on how to tackle stigma in society? I think,
1: like, we need to do campaigns. Like, I work for vulnerable people already, so I've kind of got experience in that field. So my passion, like, even the courses I'm doing right now, they... There to do with working with vulnerable people. I feel it comes naturally to me. And I'm sure, like May was saying, people come to her for help because she's been through something. People kind of identify and attach themselves to you. And I think when you've gone through lived experiences, who's, who's far better to then support people? It's people like yeah. ourselves, right? Yeah. And um, so um, I would say, you know, campaigns, maybe we don't have those in place. There are some I've seen here and then, I think, but I think we need to go far deeper, you know, and entrenched in. in in society far bigger changes need to be made we need to have um campaigns with organizations that reach out to bme organizations we're we're doing uh we're, we're reaching out to the audiences um the the diverse communities bme communities talking about mental health educating them Um, raising awareness, how people can access services, what is mental health. I think that definitely needs to go out to everybody in different languages, just campaigning and trying to put it out there that Men, these men, this is mental health, and this is the mental. These are the services that are available that you can access without feeling shame, embarrassment, any judgment. Not no assumptions made, without feeling excluded. Because that's what yeah. happens. Like asumei like was saying, and um, making you feel embarrassed and shame. What happens in the, the judgment as well? You're automatically abandoned, excluded marginalized that that causes further harm because that person's mental health will further worsen you know that's happening to a lot of people about we've come before there's a lot of people who haven't can Can you imagine how they're suffering so a lot of campaigning and work needs to go into progress and um yeah it needs to be done to change the mindsets and ideologies and the and and do the conditioning
0: Yes, you're quite right Yasmin, we should undo the conditioning so that men are able to open up more about their mental health in society and actually everything you've just mentioned just now is what we're trying to do at Time to Change Wales, particularly with distributing mental health resources in different languages such as in Welsh, Somali, Urdu, Hindi, Kurdish, Bengali, Arabic and now we recently developed a resource in Mandarin so we really hope those become really useful in communities across Wales. And so to wrap up this really insightful discussion, Discussion today what do you both hope to achieve during your time as a time to change world champion go ahead Samaya and we'll come to Yasmin after
2: so yeah I want to continue and um, do more of this presentation and just um and raising awareness and also I'm happy to um kind of offer any of my teaching in any workshops so kind of how to you know someone can come and I can give them time to do kind of one to one because I know people don't feel comfortable talking in front of people. I'm, you know, off if, if I'm, a, if there's any um, opportunity, I can offer like a one to one kind of service and also kind of, um, kind of teach as well at the workshops of how to kind of overcome and. Um, you know, kind of um, like things like depression and things like that. That kind of the methodology they use using the strategies. So yeah, I, I hope to continue and also help to kind of raise awareness and spread, uh, spread um, campaigning basically, and just educating more people.
1: I feel like I haven't uh, put so much time into Time to Change, but I w- I would like to make more time to uh, contribute towards Time to Change and in campaigning and supporting more people out there in the community and uh, through Time to Change because I think that's really required and I I that's my that's a passion of mine you know to get into the heart of the community and um, make a difference in people's lives because they
0: need it. Those points are so wonderful to hear, Yasmin. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you both for this great discussion today and for all of your great voluntary work as champions, as we really, really do appreciate it. And as today marks time to talk day, please do reach out to loved ones, colleagues and people in your community and just ask them how they are and strike up that conversation about mental health because you never know who may need support. All of our Time to Talk Day resources and information on how to join the campaign can be found on our website at www.timetochangewales.org.uk. Keep listening, keep talking and look after your mental health. Have a great Time to Talk Day from all of us at Time to Change Wales. Bye for now.